3: Hey Chargers fans! This is the Guilty as Charged podcast, where we discuss all things related to the Los Angeles Chargers. We are available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or review. We do really appreciate the positive feedback. Make sure and follow us on social media, including our Patreon account, where as little as one dollar gains you access to cool things like jersey giveaways and film breakdowns. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy the show! Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast with Steven, Tyler, and Alex. We have a fun show planned for you guys covering the latest coaching news. Um, you know, and that's where we're going to start today. But first and foremost, uh, Alex, how are you doing today, man?
2: I'm Doing pretty good. Uh, so update since last show. I now have two coaching vacancies I have to worry about.
3: Yes. Fun. Yes, that, that's just double the work for you. And, and, you know, it should be a fun transition phase for both teams. Um, Tyler... Your dad got a fun notification about the coaching vacancy, too. How are you doing, man?
1: I texted him and just said, Have fun. You know, good <laughs> luck. And he's like, Oh, God. And he, li- he listened to the press conference. And, you know, my dad's a bit of an optimist. And, you know, he's like, Okay, you know, Bradley wants to focus on fundamentals. Because, you know what, Bradley comes out and he talks well. Like he says the right things and he sounds like a really likable guy. And, but um, he was cracking jokes. But, um, yeah, he's not, he's not too thrilled. And he knows that the personnel that the Raiders have is just not up to par. Yeah. So that, that's where we're going to start today is the Raiders hiring Gus
3: Bradley, as well as, you know, stealing Ron Milas and Richard Smith. Uh Richard Smith, the linebackers coach, and Ron Miles, the secondary coach. Um, you know, I, I I think it's a good hire for a team that needs some stability on defense, I guess. But, you know, the ultimately the roster just doesn't really fit. What Gus Bradley likes to do. Like, I mean, he's made his whole career off of coaching, you know, obviously the Legion of Boom and Bobby Wagner and then Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith and all those guys and Joey Bosa and Derwin James. And now he's going to Max Crosby and Jonathan Abram. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I hope it works out. Gus is a really good guy. I've enjoyed his press conferences. I've never hated him as much as everybody else has on Twitter um it's just you know when injuries pile up he's not very good anymore and you know that's just kind of the reality alex what did you make of the raiders poaching three chargers assistants today
2: uh well i gotta say the funniest thing of the day was them posting a picture of ken was oh yeah (laughs) uh, and taking (laughs) taking the time explicitly to photoshop that without realizing it was the wrong guy and then so funny i I, I looked at pictures of ken wisdom and gus bradley i was like yeah kind of the same guy <laughs> um, That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I think even if Anthony Lynn had come back, we probably knew Gus Bradley was gone yeah. uh, anyway. um I don't know if the Raiders are really a fit, but in the NFL, you know, like we're seeing with Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen, which we'll get to later. You know, no job is is really guaranteed. So if you get a job, you take it, right? And if it's the Raiders, it's the Raiders. Um, so. I think it'll work out decently for him. I mean, I don't think defense can get much worse, (laughs) Um, you know, based on what the starting point is, because the Raiders, I mean, were just really bad. Uh, You know, you look at, you know, all the guys this year, you're going from, as we said, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram to Max Crosby and Clell and Farrell, which is certainly uh, something different on the edge. It's, um, look, but... If you have, I guess, Ron Milo's there and you can do, get a little development from Damon Arnett and Jonathan Abrams, that's being probably hopeful, but I, I guess that's kind of what the Raiders are aiming for here, beefing up the secondary and all that. Um, I just don't know if they really have the pieces to be able to play Gus-style 4-3. Um, that's, that's, that, I guess, is the question for me. Uh, I, we'll see what they do in free agency, in the draft, um, but right now, I don't see it as a great fit. Um, but I think Bradley's still a decent defensive coordinator. Just think his time kind of ran out here. Um, I wish him the best of luck, even though it's with the Raiders. But I, I just see that roster having a lot of problems still.
3: Yeah, I absolutely absolutely agree with you there. And you know, we saw what happened with the linebackers of you know Las Vegas when they were even trying to cover Jalen Guyton in space, and and that was just kind of a mess. And you know, their secondary isn't very good. Um, well we had a little uh zoom interruption in the middle of the show. That's okay. Um I just think, you know, we'll see what happens, man. It, it's a bummer to lose Ron Miles more than than Gus honestly cuz like Alex said, you know, we kind of were expecting this, but you know, I, a small part of me was hoping that Miles would be able to stick around and be the defensive coordinator. I really think that he does deserve that shot. Um so ultimately I do think that Miles is going to be a bigger loss than than people think. What do you think, Tyler?
1: I completely agree. And someone on Twitter was saying that, you know, the, the DBs aren't being coached a certain way or whatever. And, you know, yeah, some guys aren't as good. They aren't all, all pros. They aren't all pro bowlers. But he's consistently taken talent. Undrafted free agent talent, fifth round talent, right. like talent, a bunch of nobodies or guys that, or even at the very least, everyone says, oh, you know, Verrett was already very talented or, or Hayward was already very talented. I don't know. Like you have to get Verrett to the NFL. And you have to make Hayward a legit starting corner. And both those things happened under Miles. Yeah. And even, you know, I know like this year was kind of rough for DBs overall. Um, but ever since he joined the team, or at least as the DB's coach in 2013, I believe, the team has had really good defensive backs, you know, from from Eric Weddle all the way now till I don't know who's good these days. Michael Davis. <laughs> <in the second. laughs> I guess this year wasn't very good, <laughs> but okay, now it's like Michael Davis. Like yeah, these guys aren't all phenomenal players and they're sure there are some issues, but he took Michael yeah. Davis or Jalila Dye or Trevor Williams, guys who were undrafted free agents and turned them into legit starters at some point. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a big loss for sure. The biggest problem with, well, the Raiders have a lot of problems on defense, but one of their biggest issues is are their defensive backs. And you know if he can coach them up, I don't know. They don't have a whole lot of talent to begin with. But then again, neither do Telesco's undrafted free agents. So... You know, yeah. it's a big loss for sure, and I think definitely the biggest loss of the three so far.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't really understand the criticism. Like, are we really expecting Michael Davis to turn into an all-pro or something? Like, I, you know, you give him undrafted free agents, and he, he and he turned them into you know reliable starters. Even Brandon Faison had some good moments, and you mentioned Trevor Williams, undrafted free agent. Rayshon Jenkins was a fourth-round pick. Like, you know, he. <laughs> you mentioned that he he's been given shit to deal with, and he's turned them into into really solid players. And um, you know, we saw what he was able to do once he did get a premier talent in Derwin James and and how he was able to, you know, really imprint the defense with with Derwin. And I think, you know, Damon Arnett, he's a first round pick. Like, you know, there's talent there. It's just really unrefined. So I think Miles is probably going to be the best of the bunch there. Um so let's get to defensive coordinator options. I think, you know, there there are some general guys out there that I think would be fantastic hires. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Marvin Lewis. I think, you know, if you're going to get a younger guy, I think Marvin Lewis would be at the top of my list personally, um, just to bring in a veteran head coach. Um, Alex, did you have any other guys that you wanted to bring up in terms of just, you know, before we get to specifically like, you know, Brian, who Brian Day will bring in, but uh, who do you think is just kind of a general person that the Chargers could target?
2: I think Chris Richard makes a lot of sense. Um, He sort of runs kind of what Gus Bradley runs, but tends to be a little bit more aggressive with it. So think about sort of some 4-3 with a little bit more blitz, uh, which is something Chargers fans have kind of wanted uh, a little bit when it comes to Bradley and his play calling. Uh, And then the other guy I like, uh, other than Marvin Lewis, is Aaron Glenn, uh, the Saints uh, secondary coach who might get a head coaching opportunity if he plays his with the Jets right. Um, but if he's not a finalist there, uh, honestly, I wouldn't mind giving him, uh, a promotion to DC and then going maybe more veteran on the offensive coordinator side. Um, but there's plenty of good guys to me. It's just about finding more. Uh, we said this before, it's more about philosophy and yeah. whatever the new coach uh, wants to do, whether that's four, three, uh, aggressive four, three, three, four, whatever. Um, I, you know, it's just all about. Getting whatever the new thing is uh, first, so uh, I think there's a lot of guys that could fit. I kind of love Marvin Lewis as an option. He might kind of be my favorite out of the general guys, uh, but there's uh, plenty of great options out there. Yeah, overall, if
1: it's Dable, a guy who, or excuse me, the defensive coordinator they bring in having some experience already would be nice. Is it Marvin Lewis? I don't know. It sounds like he's going to get a job somewhere else already. The other options don't really excite me all that much outside of maybe Chris Richard. So, like Matt Patricia, no. Rex Ryan, eh. um You know, Gift Smith from the Chargers as an upgrade or a promotion. Eh. Like, I, I'm kind of more interested in some of these other guys that maybe have like a Dayball connection. That said, they are very young. And so I don't know how I feel about that. But so I'm a little more excited for the younger guys, the more position coach guys who could use a promotion.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think. Like Alex mentioned, you know, this is going to be all about philosophy and and what the new head coach wants to accomplish, and you know whether that's bringing in an experienced head coach from, <clears throat> excuse me, from their past or or whatever. You know, we've seen what the goodness. <clears throat> Gosh, edit that part out. Um, <laughs> You know, we we've, we've seen in the past like what the Rams are doing right now. They have a very young coaching staff and so I I think hiring, you know, a younger guy to pair with a younger head coach it's not the worst thing in the world and and um you know, I would love to pair, you know, a Marvin Lewis or, you know, a Raheem Morris kind of person with an inex- inexperienced head coach, but you know, at the end of the day the philosophy is is first and foremost and in terms of other co- Chargers assistants, you know, I said this a few weeks ago, we should be assuming that anybody that is remaining on staff should is going to be gone. And, you know, the Seattle Seahawks let go of Brian Schottenheimer as they should, because he's a terrible offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, there's already been some connecting the dots of the Seahawks potentially targeting Shane Steichen or Pep Hamilton. Um, I would be pretty surprised at this point if Pep Hamilton were still on staff. I think, honestly, I do think that Shane Steichen probably has a better chance to stay on staff. just, Because, you know, uh, I don't think that there's a high demand for Steichen. I think there is a very high demand for Pep Hamilton. Um, We've seen his name mentioned with a few positions and a few head coaching openings. So I would expect Pep Pep Hamilton to be getting a different job next year. Um, What do you guys think?
2: I think it'll be interesting to watch. uh, Seattle, you know, we've seen reports from Josina Anderson and other people that they seem to be targeting both Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen which um, you put it on Twitter, but I thought it was funny. It's just like, why not just hire Anthony Lynn? (laughs) Uh, if That's kind of your general plot here. Um, But uh, I don't know. I mean, the Seattle thing is interesting because they seem to want to, I don't know if they really want to run the ball more, but they want to make it a more structured offense just because Brian Schottenheimer's let Russ cook thing, uh, you know, (laughs) was a total bust after about eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Russ accidentally burned down the kitchen. Uh, so it's um it's it's gonna be interesting to see who they get as the next offensive coordinator there. Um I you know, I think if it's between Pep Hamilton and Steichen, I really don't know who they would be more interested in. I, I guess you can make an argument for both. Probably Pep Hamilton because he's a little bit more experienced. Um but I guess. Whichever one they don't pluck would still be here. And then, you know, we'll see how the other coaching openings uh, fill up. You know, it, it also depends on when the Chargers hire their coach, right? Um, if Dable's one of the favorites and he loses this week, say, uh, with Baltimore, then I guess that becomes an interesting question as to, you know, could he make a plea to keep Pep and all that? Um, you know, I, I think the thing about Pep Hamilton and Shane Steichen in general is like, you can't really ask them to wait around for a coach yeah. that's not going to want them. And it's unfair to whoever the eventual hire, you know, um, hired coaches too, right? Like you can't force them onto the staff and the Chargers kind of did it before, but like, I just think you have to give the chance uh, to the coach, you know, maybe they'll interview Pep and see if they like them. Uh, maybe they'll go in a direction with Steichen, but I think you just have to let them go and and say, Hey, you know, hire whichever guys you want. Um, And we've seen the Chargers a little bit hesitant to do that in the past, but I think this just has to be the year you do it. And if that means losing Pep Hamilton and Steichen, you know, it's unfortunate because of the way things played out, but I would kind of accept it at that point. Well,
1: Alex, you hit pretty much everything. There's not much more for me to add at this point. Um, You know, it would be nice if, if the Chargers are, and Telesco said as much, looking for a coach who would bring in a particular staff. And they're looking for them to bring in a certain staff, then yeah, it's like, you just got to let everybody go. And yeah, it stinks. Um, Whoever they keep, I don't know. They can keep either. You know, obviously Pep Hamilton has the, the strongest connection to Justin Herbert, at least as a quarterback's coach goes. But, you know, Shane Steichen was last year, if we're talking about 2019, a quarterback's coach until he was promoted. So, you know, keeping either would be good, I guess, for some continuity. Um, but at this point, you know, Dable wants who he wants. I, I just keep assuming it's Dable. Sorry, everybody. Like, I'm not going to say <laughs> Smith or Staley or whatever.
2: Yeah, I. you know, maybe we want to lower expectations there a little oh. bit. <laughs> just, so, just in case we don't feel as bad in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So, <laughs>
1: uh, what was I just saying? Just a suggestion. No, I don't want your suggestion. Thank you, though. Um, I don't know what else I'm going to say. That's it. Alex pretty much covered everything. So good job.
3: Yeah, there we go. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I really agree, and and um, I would love to keep some continuity for Justin Herbert. You know, he's had, you know, this will be, I think, six offensive coordinators in six years for him. But at the end of the day, he's a 4.0 biology student. He'll be fine. Um, I'm not too worried about him learning an offense. And he learned the Chargers offense and didn't have an offseason. So yep. Um, I, I would love to see Pep Hamilton get a shot as an offensive coordinator again. I think he really deserves it um, you know, very similar to Miles. I just think, you know, there needs to be some new blood in, in the coaching world. Um, and I'm kind of sick of all these same old hirings and like Gus Bradley and, and Dan Quinn. Um, anyways, so l- let's talk about what we're hearing and what we're feeling for really the head coaching position. You know, Tyler is assuming that it's Brian Dable. Um, I think it's going to come down to Dable or Arthur Smith. That's just kind of my gut feeling right now. Um, I don't think the Chargers are going to hire a defensive-minded head coach. Uh, and the best defensive-minded head coach probably is on his way to either New York or Detroit in Robert Salah. So we'll see. I I think that it's going to be Arthur, Arthur Smith or Brian Dable. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, I think it'll be interesting. You know, Dable, to me, you know, the initial interview requests were the Chargers and the Jets, and everyone kind of backed out of the way. So it yeah. sort of feels like those are the two teams that are really in on Dable. Uh, we saw that the jets, you know, began their second round review stay with Robert Salah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where that goes, but I, I think Dable is still going to be a contender for that job. So if that comes down to kind of a jets chargers race, uh, I mean, that would be pretty interesting. You know, <laughs> I know I got to get a lot of flack for this, but like, don't be surprised if he were to take the Jets job yeah. uh, because this is a guy that coached on the East Coast his whole career, uh, aside from one year in Kansas City. You know, I just wouldn't, you know, and there is a lot to the Jets job, like draft capital, potentially fields, you know, uh, all that, et cetera, et cetera, Joe Douglas. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he took that opportunity. You know, <laughs> the other wild card that really opened in this coaching search on Monday. Uh, was the Eagles. Uh, and so that's going to be interesting. I know they are interviewing Salah. Uh, I think Arthur Smith as well. Todd Bowles. So we'll see if they get into play with Brian Dable. I think someone pointed out that Brian Dable has some connections to Howie Roseman. So all of these people have connections on connections. They're all connected somehow, man. They're all connected <laughs> somehow. Everyone has the same agent or they went to John Carroll University, <laughs> um, which seems to be the you know, touching point for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I generally agree. I think it'll. I think Dable is the favorite. Um, you know, people have pointed out the fact that the Chargers aren't posting when they interview coaches on Twitter, um, which makes me wonder if there's some backroom dealings. But it, I, I think if there really was some Meyer buzz or somebody else, uh, I think that that you know, Shefter or Rappaport or somebody would have that by now. Yeah. Um, and the Meyer thing is the interesting one, too, because it's been kind of cold on the Jags front for a few days. So we don't know, you know, is he thinking about somewhere else? Is he thinking about the Chargers or any other place? You know, is he going to come back to coaching eventually? Because that changes the whole, you know, shape of this coaching cycle, too, uh, depending on what he wants to do. So uh, going back to the Chargers, I think it'll be Dave likely, and I think Arthur Smith is certainly the second most likely and then i think third maybe you have like a staley or kind of a joe brady type that's kind of a young uh young mind that i think could you know win them over in an interview staley has certainly been having a great couple of weeks um then maybe like the fallback option clearly seems to be right now like it's, you know, Jason Garrett, you know, if they do strike out on a lot of people, um, you know, he's kind of seems like that's their fallback, but uh, I think it's pretty clearly going to be Dable or Arthur Smith. Um, You know, a lot of things could change, but I I think those two guys seem like they're pretty confidently in the lead. Yep. Makes perfect sense.
1: Um, It kind of helps that half the teams that were able to interview Dable either didn't, or we're Houston and refuse to listen to anybody or whatever's <laughs> going on over there. That's a whole other podcast. Um, so when it really came down to the jets and the chargers, you know, look, I could totally see him still going to the jets and the jets would be, you know, happy to have him. And he'd be happy to be there on the East coast. Like you said, lots to offer, but I don't know, just based on the way that these coaches for the chargers, you know, granted, maybe the Chargers were just going to let any coach bring in any, you know, different set of staff members, but the way that they're just taking jobs now, it makes me feel like they know it's going to be a long game sort of thing. I don't know if you can tell your assistant coaches that maybe give them a heads up. I don't Mm -hmm.
3: know. Yeah.
1: But particularly if the jets are going after Sala and the Eagles, I don't know if they've even like talked about Dable yet. If it really is just the charger's job to lose or excuse me, Dable's job to lose with the chargers. I mean, I don't know. I just, the way that they're leaving now and taking jobs now versus waiting I just, it really just seems to me like it's going to be Dable. And yeah, that's optimistic, but I also think it makes sense. And, you know, when you're the, one of the only two teams to interview him, of course you have, I mean, a 50, 50 shot. So yeah, I, I think it's gonna be him. But like you said, Smith next, and it could be, I mean, it could eventually be Smith and I'm still on board with the Smith train. I think anybody who's talking about the one game where he in three quarters didn't play, have a great whatever against the Ravens. Like, come on, there, there are 16 other games in that season, including one where he beat the Ravens. And they had no problem passing the ball. So, you know, whatever. You know, it doesn't take away from everything else that he's done throughout his the rest of his career. Um, so, yeah, it could be Smith. And obviously, because you have to wait for Dable, maybe they want to make it Smith. I, I I could almost see them panic hiring and like, oh, God, we got to keep Hamilton. He's about to leave. Let's hire Smith. Or I don't know, like maybe. But yeah. I still think it's Dable. And then I guess in third place, Staley. I don't know if Brady's really in it at this point if you have to go to your third best candidate, you might as well just have waited for Dable. Um, so I guess third place would be Staley for me. So I, I really just think it's Dable's job, which is which is crazy. I never would have guessed it would have been this easy, but here we are. So I'm stoked. Yeah, I mean, we saw,
3: you know, the lack of interviews for Brian Dable is is a little interesting. But, you know, that's how it was for uh, Eric Bienemy last year, too. He only interviewed for two jobs, I believe, last year. And everybody kind of assumed that he was going to get one of those. And so no one else interviewed him. Uh, and then obviously he didn't get a job so I guess it's possible that that Dable you know doesn't end up in LA and I do think the Jets are the main challenger for Dable like Alex said you know he's from New York and that carries a lot of weight even though they play in New Jersey Um, and maybe he doesn't want to move his family uh, you know across the country to LA maybe he's a little more comfortable on the east coast you know you'll have the chance to take Justin Fields or Zach Wilson if you want Um, you have a lot of draft picks so Yeah, I think that is that is tempting. And then in terms of the challenger for Arthur Smith, I think it's the Eagles. And I think you know they've got to figure out what they want to do with Carson Wentz, and and Arthur Smith would would have to be able to decide you know what how comfortable he is. But I mean, Arthur Smith is a former offensive lineman, and the Eagles' offensive line has some studs. They didn't Mm -hmm. finish the season healthy last year, but right, you know, you've got Lane Johnson, you've got Andre Dillard, you've got. Uh, I think Kelsey will probably retire. Um, but they've Brooks. got some dudes. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. <laughs> um, so, so I think the the Eagles' job is tempting for Arthur Smith. I really do. Um, and honestly, you know, I think you know you wait and you play the long game. And you know, if you don't get Brian Dable, then maybe you get Eric Bieniemy. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world.
2: Yeah. Um, so, just yeah, update on Dable watch. Uh, jets and Chargers. Already, have confirmed had coaching interviews. Uh, Sal Palantonio of ESPN said that the Eagles are interested. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, I guess as far as like dark horses, who do you guys think, if there are any, could kind of swoop in at the last minute? Dark horses for the Chargers, you mean? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I don't know if there are necessarily any dark horses. I feel like Brandon Staley, you, we really like Brandon Staley, but uh, I think he would be a a dark horse for the chargers just because, you know, I I think there's, there is something to be said to, you know, bringing in a different approach than what everybody else is doing. And you bring in a defensive guy who his defense has been very successful and, and the scheme has been very successful against, you know, the high octane offenses around the league. And and I think, you know, there's not enough being attention paid to him outside of, you know, the short list of us that really like him. You know, Ryan Dyrude from LAFB has been talking to me about him for weeks, long really, time, but a yeah. long time. Um, but I just think, you know, there's not enough buzz around him and he could bring in the Shanahan McVay system with him. And I think, you know, that would be a really good hire in my opinion as well.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I guess there's just kind of a bunch of guys, and we'll we'll see if they bring in any more interviews. I guess <laughs> we really kind of won't know until we know, because uh, they're not posting who they interview. Um, yeah, I mean, the two that kind of stick in the back of my mind are, I, I guess Robert Meyer, depending on how that goes with Jacksonville. Yeah, and then maybe I wouldn't be shocked. And Daniel Daniel Popper mentioned it a little bit. Uh, with Doug Peterson. Um those are the two that wouldn't surprise me. But I yeah, I think it's mostly down to Dave Mull Smith. Maybe Iberflus is kind of a guy that's in there as well. And yeah. someone like Staley if they want to go defense. At this point they have eight people they can interview or that they have interviewed. And
1: I don't know, there's not really any dark horses. Like seven of them I would like. Like seven of them would be okay with me. At least okay to great. So the only dark horse would be like Jason Garrett. And that is that's not really a dark horse. It's a dead horse. So, you know, I, I think it's just going to come down to one of those seven guys. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with any of them. So, yeah, um, we'll see
3: how long this this pans out. You know, Shelly Smith seemed to I don't know how much I trust this report, um, but she seemed to, you know, uh, imply that the Chargers might wait until the Super Bowl. And of course, if Brian Dable and the Bills make a run to the Super Bowl, then the Chargers have to wait. And same if Eric B is the choice and they make a run to the Super Bowl, then the Chargers have to wait. Um, So, you know, I guess if this reaches the point where they, or the candidate, you know, leaves them hanging like Josh McDaniels did to the Colts, um, I think an interesting dark horse is uh, Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis. He was obviously Hmm. the quarterback's coach for Phil Rivers, I think with Mike McCoy, or was that Reich? Um, Reich, I think. I don't know. Nick Sirianni was a Chargers assistant at one point. um, And he's, he got some decent buzz uh, around the cycle. He hasn't gotten any interviews, but um, I could see him being, you know, kind of that dark horse. Well, we don't have any other options. Let's go get, you know, a, a young offensive mind. And I think,
1: you know, that could, that could be interesting. I have one question for Chargers fans. Now that I'm thinking about it regarding Arthur Smith. So if Dable goes out this weekend and puts up twelve points against the Ravens, is he out as your candidate as well? Like that's a good just, question. Just <laughs> think about that for a second. And if that's if you say no, he's not, then why is Smith? Yeah, so that's my question. I mean, Alex, you wrote an article about yeah. him,
3: and and he's been also, your number one for.
1: Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, yeah. I mean, uh, just talking about Smith. Like, I just thought it was so ridiculous that people on Twitter like, "I don't want this guy anymore." After he went against one of the best defenses in the league, and he had a shitty three quarters. (laughs) Like, yeah, that happens. Um, I can also point to a 2019 playoffs in which Brian Dable was partially responsible for blowing a 16 point lead to the Texans, and Arthur Smith went to the AFC Championship game with the Titans. So, you you know that kind of works both ways, and I can I can point to a one game sample size in which you know it it all kind of works out like that. Um, My argument for Arthur Smith mainly as coach has just been you know people like to point to like oh well Dable developed Allen, which getting to that it's like all right that's a lot more complicated. And anyway, Jordan Palmer helped a lot with Josh Allen as well as the Bills quarterbacks. You know Dable deserves a ton of credit for building that offense around him. But also, I don't hear a lot of you saying that Shane Steichen developed Justin <laughs> Herbert, do I? I? I hear that Pep Hamilton developed Justin Herbert. But when we talk yeah. about Josh Allen is Brian Dable. So kind of roll my eyes at that. Um, but um, I think Arthur Smith has done a really good job uh, in, with Ryan Tannehill and uh, that Tennessee staff has really worked well with him and it kind of revived his career from where it was. And a lot of people talk about, like, you know, oh, he runs the ball with Derrick Henry. I mean, he kind of made Derrick Henry into what Derrick Henry is now, you know, I mean, he, Derrick Henry, I think had a 1000 yard season and was averaging about 66 yards a game, uh, 4.9 yards per carry. Now he's averaging 5.4 yards per game. Oh, sorry. 5.4 yards per carry would be problematic. If it was per game, uh, <laughs> 126 yards per game and, you know, the uptick in carry. So, you know, it's not just that he's boosting the carries. It's also that he's boosting efficiency and he's worked wonders for Tennessee's offensive line, which would be nice if we had an offensive, if we had a coach yeah. that could just help the offensive line because God, God knows they need help. Uh, so, you know, that's been my argument for Arthur Smith and by no means, you know, if Dable's the guy, then Dable's the guy, you know, um, I, to me, the separation of them at one and two is by like a percentage point. Like it's, it's not by much in right. my opinion. Um, I, I just thought people being out on him after, you know, one bad game is ridiculous. And it has subconsciously made me root for Lamar Jackson this weekend. One, <laughs> one so I can shut people up about that. And two, maybe we can get Brian Dable a little bit faster. Yes. Um, so those, those are the two things that I like. So Lamar, you better run for another 70 yard touchdown. Uh, um, so yeah, no, I, I like uh, a lot of the candidates really, except for Garrett, uh, <laughs> urban Meyer in the background. Um, but, you know, I, I, generally like all the other candidates, um, and I'll be curious to see kind of where it lands, but you know, there's reasons to be positive for sure. I mean, the chargers definitely have one of the more enviable coaching jobs, even though I talk of the jets and the Jaguars a lot, they're certainly up there. Uh, and I think that, you know, no matter who the guy is, I think there's a lot of reasons to go confident. Unless, you know, we get a Schefter rap report tomorrow, tomorrow that Jason Garrett has become the lead candidate or something like that. But I uh, don't think that's going to happen. So no. as far as the Shelly Smith thing um, with the Super Bowl run, I just thought that was kind of interesting but also not that interesting because like a bunch of the coaches that were in chargers consideration are still in the playoffs yeah <laughs> so they very well could make the super bowl like we're talking about brandon staley brian dable uh we're talking about obviously eric uh eric Bieniemy is still there right so there's a bunch of coaches that are still in that category you know of, of being in the playoffs and not being able to officially like take the job other than a verbal agreement. Mm. You know, we've seen with other coaching candidates before, say, in Indianapolis, how much verbal agreements mean. Uh, So, um, no, I mean, I'm excited to see how it goes. I'd be excited if it was Arthur Smith. I would also be excited if it was uh, Brian Dable.
3: Yeah, I do really think that this is more of a 1A and 1B situation for me as well. Um, And really up until... I, th- I want to say like the Broncos game. I was I was all aboard the Arthur Smith train. Uh, the Bills Broncos game that is, um, and I think they are different candidates. You know, I, I feel like Brian Dable's a little more aggressive. I think he's a little more, you know, pass happy, which is fine. You know, that's that's obviously something that the Chargers could use, and um, you know, he certainly is able to you know scheme receivers open more than what the Chargers have added the past couple of years. Um, and then Arthur Smith, yes, he's a little more, you know. Run focused, run oriented. If you want to say that, but their passing game is incredibly efficient. They have the most efficient red zone offense in the league, or second most, I think it is after you know a couple of weeks ago. um Their run offense is is super efficient. They they place an incredible emphasis on the offensive line. Arthur Smith being an offense, a former offensive lineman himself. So really, you know, there are upsides to both and there you know there are some concerns to both brian dable's first couple offensive coordinator stints were not that great granted he had matt castle in my in kansas city and uh whoever he had in cleveland so you know and then he had to go back to new england and then go to alabama and so he's he's obviously more experienced but you know we've seen him fail in, in other places we haven't seen arthur smith's Arthur Smith failed because he's not very old he's only been coaching for seven years and so you know the inexperience is a little bit of a concern for some people so there's upside to both and there's concerns for both but I I genuinely think that those two are the best candidates in the group um, pretty much hands down in my opinion I think Brandon Staley is my third right now Um, but I'm going to be thrilled with whoever they hire (laughs) unless it's Jason Garrett
2: um, <laughs> we, we keep coming back to that nightmare <laughs> scenario
3: <laughs> no and, and i will say you know we did that uh mock interview over the weekend with the chargers chat locked on on brawl guys and joe brady was the only candidate that we didn't have so maybe you know just out of sheer luck that it, it happens to be joe brady um but like i said you know there's a bunch of good candidates this time around there's no matt patricia and even jason garrett's a better candidate than matt patricia in my opinion um, but I'm just, it's going to be fun to see how this pans out. And yes, if Lamar Jackson can win this week and help us all out, I think that would be fantastic. Any thoughts, yeah. Tyler? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, a couple of people asked us about defensive coordinator candidates, uh, for specific coaches. And, and let's start with Brian Dable. You know, he's got experience with, and connections with a bunch of different teams. So this could really, you know, be another wide net that is cast. And so obviously with his connections to the Patriots, um, he could pull Gerard Mayo from the Patriots staff. You know, there's been some doubt. He's only been a a linebacker's coach for like three years, but, you know, he is considered a bit of a rising star. So that would make sense. Um, And then, you know, he was his first stint in New England. Romeo Cornell was there. And so Romeo Cornell, I don't know how much that would excite people, but you know, he's a very experienced kind of guy. Uh, as an interim head coach, it did not go very well in Houston, but that just kind of has been proven to be a shit show about the ownership situation there. Um, so I think Romeo Cornell would be an interesting one um, if they if they will, would want to go older. Um, but like I said, Gerard Mayo would be a, a good young choice as well.
2: Yeah, I guess when you talk about um, Arthur Smith, it's kind of interesting because he's only been in Tennessee. Um, Obviously, there we had uh, Dean Pease, uh, who was there, who isn't, you know, Mike Brable kind of basically took over defensive coordinator um, in Tennessee. So it'd be interesting to see if they went in that direction. Um, Yeah, I I think all the names you mentioned for Brian Dable are are pretty great, though. Um, You know, it all comes down to those connections that he's had in New England and other places. The one name that makes me concerned when it comes to Brian Dable <laughs> is is Matt Patricia, um, because there are some connections there going back to those New England days. Yeah, uh, and I, I would not support that hire uh, primarily because the last time I saw Matt Patricia coach as a defensive coordinator, uh, he gave up forty one points to Foles. So <laughs> uh, th- that's primarily why I wouldn't like that. But um i i just don't think he's been a very good coach uh in detroit um i'm not quite sure what he did really as defensive coordinator for the patriots anymore because bill belichick just has his son doing that now which makes me think that the defensive coordinator for the job for the patriots is just basically doing like paperwork i don't even know what it is (laughs) um so (laughs) it's um It'll be interesting to see if he plucks from that Patriots tree. I, I certainly wouldn't mind Gerard Mayo uh, as a, as a potential defensive coordinator candidate. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess it'll depend on, you know, just how the seats fill out in general and which coaches are left uh, to choose from by the end of it too, uh, depending on, cause we, we, you know, the jets are already on the second round of interviews, so they could be making a hires, uh, you know, it's reported lions are kind of very interested in Marvin Lewis. So we could see some hirings go down this weekend.
1: Yeah, those a table has a lot of options. I know we're not just talking like, about Dable, but listen, I didn't really prepare for much other than Dable. So here we go. <laughs> um, so the Patriots, their cornerbacks coach was a former lacrosse player who majored in political science, and now he's the cornerbacks coach for the Patriots. Anyway, he was there when when Dable was there. Um, I won't steal Alex's thunder on Tosh the boy. I think that's how you say it. So I'll have to mention that if yeah. you later. One guy sort of connected, who's a little bit older, who can at least give you some of that more like a not veteran presence, but an like, you know, older guy kind of presence, but no previous defensive coordinator experience is Carl Dunbar. Um, I don't know if he's going anywhere. He's the guy that has vitiligo, which is where you're, that robs your face of that, that pigment and makes your face really white. Oh, yeah. Don't quote me on all that stuff. Sorry. Uh, but he's the, he was the defensive line coach from Alabama uh, when Dable was the offensive coordinator there. He's currently the defensive line coach with the Steelers. Um, He's 53. He's got plenty of NFL experience up and down different places. You know, and the Steelers have a good defensive line. They are, they allowed the second fewest first downs in the NFL last year. I know they didn't finish the season all that great, and they just got smoked by the Browns, but bear with me. You know, they're number one in pressure percentage and quarterback knockdowns. You have Cam Hayward, interior defensive lineman, who had like 62 pressures. So And and they don't specifically, I know like the Steelers kind of run like a 3-4. That's kind of been their thing, but they don't really run like a 3-4 based on what I've read and I just flipped on the game against the Browns. Well, they didn't just run like a particular three, four. There's just kind of whatever they felt like, whatever they needed. They have like eight starters and then four or five guys that just kind of rotate in and out based on what's necessary. So, you know, a guy who has a connection to him, who I think is a good position coach, at least who's a little bit older, who could kind of help with that transition for Brian Dable. Um, you know, so we'll see. That's that's one option, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I I think, um, you know, really Dable is going to be the one that is going to reach through his connections, right? Because he's been in the NFL and college. And I think he's been coaching since 2000. Um, The other name that I was going to bring up is Bob Babich, or I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Um, He's the linebackers coach for the bills. And they've been together in Buffalo the entire time. And Babich actually coached the Chargers linebackers back in 2016. So um, that can make some sense as well. Arthur Smith is, he's a lot harder to peg. He really is. Yeah. As Alex said, he's only been in Tennessee for a while. And um I think, you know, he's a guy that I, I think, you know, you know, could target Robia Cornell as well because of Rabel's connection through him. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that one makes sense. But like I said, yeah, I have no idea what Arthur Smith would do because he's only been in Tennessee for like six years, seven years. Um, And, you know, we just, he doesn't have that many connections.
1: Yeah, Another guy. Um, oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, so one Arthur Smith guy, this is far back. This is Kirk Oliva Dotti. He was a defensive coach uh, for like 10 years with the Redskins. Um, and he was there where, well, Smith, Smith was there as offensive something or whatever. Long time ago. Uh, he's currently the Packers inside linebackers coach, which I don't know how much faith that instills in anybody. <laughs> um, but it's a connection and he's still in the league so well, there we go <laughs> there's my non tennessee titans option there we go
2: yeah um uh, you know kirk olivadati uh i i honestly didn't know who that was before this podcast that i'm not going to pretend that i did that's fine uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no i mean the the Packers do have some, I think that defense has certainly gotten better um, partially because of their linebacker and sort of defensive line play. So, I mean, he can be an interesting name. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a lot of guys I think you could look at with Arthur Smith. Um, Yeah. It's just tough because they're all Tennessee guys and it's just like, would that guy come over or, you know, would they, you know, if it's a current Tennessee guy, would they stay put? Um, I, I sort of, Yeah, when it came to Brian Dable, I think I brought up uh, Tosh Lapoy, who is the Falcons defensive line coach currently, uh, who was the uh, defensive assistant under Jeremy Pruitt uh, when Brian Dable was at Alabama. So I just thought that was an interesting name because the only thing the Falcons have been good at a defense recently is getting to the passer. Uh, Other than that, they haven't been good at much on defense, including the secondary. So I thought that would be an interesting one, but he's probably not terribly experienced and. He also is part of a coaching staff that is looking for work, firing the following the firing of Dan Quinn. So um, we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, You know, for me, as as I keep reiterating, it's all about the scheme and and what they want to do. Yeah, Uh, you know, four three, three four, all that. You know, if it's something like three four, then you could have someone like Wade Phillips on the table. If it's four three, then probably not, right? Um, So there's a lot of uh, kind of different kind of, you know, permutations and combinations depending on what the scheme is, I guess.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys know that Tennessee doesn't even have a defensive coordinator? I was,
2: yeah, it's just variable yeah. yeah. basically said he was defensive coordinator. Yeah. I didn't, I did <laughs> not know.
3: I assumed that they at least would you know, have like a, you know, some teams that like uh, San Francisco doesn't have an offensive coordinator, but they have a passing game coordinator. I figured that they would, mm. the Titans would have like the defensive equivalent of that. But, um, you know, there's just no one really that stands out on the defensive staff there, which is, you know, it's been surprising the the deterioration of the Tennessee defense under Rabel because he's that, he's the defensive guy, right? So um, no one really jumps out to me that's currently on the Titans staff there. Yeah. Um, Really, I, you know one one thing that excites me about Brandon Staley, you know, going back to him is that you know the, the coaching staff that he could bring in, you know, there's three or four guys on the Rams defense that could be coordinators, and you have Joe Barry there, the linebackers coach, who's been a defensive coordinator. Um, I forget his name of the secondary coach. I want to say it's Henderson, um, and then you know they could bring he could bring in the passing game coordinator Shane Waldron, who I mentioned in the uh, mock interview process. Um and bring in the McVay uh, offense. So I think the, the connections with Brandon Staley would be a little more clear than Arthur Smith. Um, and, you know, he's got experience with Vic Vangio. He could reach through Denver or through uh, Chicago as well. So we'll have to see, like Alex said, you know, what the philosophies really are of the head coach. But, you know, I, I'd still think even if they wait a few weeks, they'll get their hands on a really good staff. And I have full confidence in the world that whoever they bring in is going to establish, you know, a clear identity, a clear philosophy, and be able to make whatever coaching staff
2: they bring in work to whatever the chargers are wanting to do. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, there's a concern out there. It's like, Oh, the chargers wait too long, you know, are are they not going to get their guy? It's like, you know, I, I I don't think that that's the case. I think as long as, uh, as long as they don't shop at Walmart for TVs and all that, you know, they can, uh, they can, they'll find their guy. You know, the
1: Chargers are the hottest girl at the dance. And yeah, you, you know, whatever, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> Never mind. Good, good comparisons, either. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not going to keep going there. Oh, I didn't dance with nice. a lot of girls in high school. Okay. So <laughs> I just couldn't figure out where to go with that one. <laughs> All right. I'm done
3: oh man that was funny some of your analogies are great tyler uh you know fortunately that one fell a little bit short but it was a good time (laughs) it's all good man uh guys any other thoughts on the coaching news i know alex you know you're a little bit uh distraught about doug peterson um but you know i think there's exciting times for for both your teams ahead any other thoughts before we wrap before we wrap up tonight
2: um no i mean not many other thoughts uh we were going to do coaching awards, or we were going to do team awards, but we went way over. Uh, so I guess we'll do team yeah. awards next. Uh, uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where the coaching search goes. Um, excited to see second round of interviews, like I said. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope we get the right guy. And <laughs> that's, that's all it is. You know, as Tyler said, there's like six or seven guys I would like. Uh, so, you know, I'm not terribly picky, uh, when it comes to it, I think there's things everyone could bring to the table, yeah. um, except Jason Garrett. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, I think there's just a lot, a lot of potential in this coaching search in general. Um, and you know, the, the potential to get a guy who takes this offense to the next level that takes Herbert to the next level and, and takes that defense to the next level. It's just uh very promising all around. I think Tyler, any other thoughts
3: before we wrap up today?
2: That's mostly it for me. Just uh, really excited.
1: And the fact that it I, I think it's going to be Dable is kind of, it's amazing. I'm pretty excited.
3: I am excited as well, man. And Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, whoever it is, I'm excited. I think, you know, it's been a while for the Chargers to kind of move into the modern era of football. And I think both of those guys will be able to bring that. Um, so that'll do it for us today, guys. I know it's been a little slow on the Patreon side of things. We do thank you for your continued support there. Uh, we're kind of just waiting for, uh, you know, the final draft prospects to declare and obviously the coaching hire. And then we're really going to dive into that uh, this spring. So make sure and stay tuned there. And like I said, we do can do appreciate your continued support. And uh, Alex has mentioned this before, but if you ever have a question that you want answered on the podcast, make sure and leave us a review and ask that question. It can be Chargers related. It can be Eagles related. Uh, It can be biology related for all I care. If you ever have a question and want us. Oh God. (laughs) If you need a a biology teacher and you need some biology help, you know, Tyler's your guy there. So uh, if you ever have any questions. (laughs) I had to ask Alex for help. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So, you know, if you ever have any questions, just feel free to let us know and uh, stay tuned. We will uh, keep you posted on our upcoming schedule. You know, we'll have to see what transpires in terms of, coaching news but there will be no shortage of coverage from the Guiltiest Charge podcast and we thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time
0: bye guys this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand